0: Grab your Bible and a hot cup of coffee or tea, and join us now as we explore God's holy word.
1: Amen. Glory to God. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the cafe. Hope you're having a great day, a great week here at KJV Cafe. My name is Pastor Clark Covington. I'm so glad to have you here listening to the broadcast. Don't take it for granted. And here we are to get into God's word, so we're going to dive right in. I have a blessing for you today. We're in Psalms love the book of Psalms. We're in Psalm 28. It's a beautiful chapter. All the Psalms are so beautiful. And there's so many layers to the Psalms. Is there not? I mean, there's learning how to praise God through a word. There's the musical aspect that it was actually written as music. There's the Bible truth we learn in the Psalms. There's prophecy that becomes fulfilled later on in the Bible. Uh, and, and that we learn about God's character in the Psalms. And so Psalm 28 verse 7 and we're going we're gonna to do two parts here today. We're going to do, well, we'll do one part today and one part in the next episode here so we can take our time with it. It's a short verse, but it's very impactful. Psalm 28, verse 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoiceth, and with my song will I praise him. So we see a little bit of a cause and effect here, don't we? The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in Him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoiceth, and with my song will I praise Him. So you see that therefore is kind of a turning point. It's saying this happened, and therefore, this is what I'm doing. But let's start at the beginning, my power and protection. We see here in Psalm 28, verse 7, the Lord is my strength and my shield. Okay, so my strength and my shield, when you think of strength, what do you think of? Maybe you think of physical strength, mental strength, fortitude, stamina, all the above. I think a way to kind of look at strength is looking at power. You know, who or where do you turn to for strength? You know, where do you turn to for strength? Where do you turn to for power? And what level of strength is available to you when you turn there? You know, often people We'll turn to think about this on a very simple level. You're tired at work and you need strength to keep going. What are you going to do? You're going to go to the coffee machine. You know, you're going to have a cup of Joe. Uh, You know, we know about that here at the cafe. You know, Uh, what's that going to do? You're awake for a little bit and then you, you know, or you get tired again. Okay. The caffeine wears off. Or if you're like me, I've been drinking a lot of decaf lately. There's not really any caffeine in the cup to begin with. So you're not going to get strength from the coffee. Or if you do, it's just for a little bit. Maybe people say, well, I want to get strength at the gym. You know, they want to become stronger or maybe working out will wake them up or make them make them, uh, peppy. Well, that's good for a season. But you know what? With muscles, you can grow them. But then what happens when you don't? You don't go to the gym, you're going to have atrophy, right? And life would have it that oftentimes you get busy and there's seasons when you can exercise maybe and there's seasons when you can't or you're too old and frail or you have a pre-existing condition. For example, I grew up playing sports my whole life. I was always a bigger guy, but I always loved to play sports, loved football, played lacrosse. became asthmatic in my 30s, and that threw me for a curve. I mean, most of my 30s was somewhat limited with activities. I'd ride the bike and go walking, but it wasn't anything like uh, it it used to be. And and so if I was trying to get my strength from coffee, it's not going to last very long. My strength from exercise, again, it's fleeting. Uh, Even the Bible talks about what value is there in physical exercise, not much, but spiritual exercise, there's much. Uh, So the Bible even touches on that. Some people, they want to get their strength from music, amen. I used the example recently uh, on a, a broadcast about going to like a football game or a baseball or basketball game, and they want to get the crowd pumped up, and they're playing really loud music, and everyone's jumping up and down. And then what happens? The music goes off, and everyone kind of settles back in, you know? So it, it literally, the music stops playing, amen, And and that doesn't provide strength. So what level of strength is available to you? I want you to think about that here today because David is saying, the Lord, capital L, Lord, Jesus Christ is his strength. Amen? Is Jesus Christ your strength? What strength is available from Christ? Is there a limit to the power that God has to bestow upon you? Is there a limit to the strength that God has to give you? I don't think there is. God's power is unlimited. God's strength is unlimited. For God to create the world in the six days seems incredible to us and rest on the seventh, but to him it's a small thing. He rested to help us teach about the Sabbath and so forth. It's not like he needed rest. He has unlimited strength. He could do things here that would make you literally speechless. That is our God. Amen. Throughout the Bible, we see that. If you study nature, you see that. Uh, If you look at relationships and people and the way that, that God has made things so intricately, even looking at the human body and the complexity of it, it'll leave you speechless. But God did that times billions, amen, times billions with a B, and that is God's strength. So when you go for strength what's available to you at the outlet you're going to. I just want you to think about that, okay? And protection. The Lord is my strength and my shield. Is God your protection today? Is he your protection today? You know, David's saying the Lord is my strength and my shield. Who or where do you turn for protection? What level of protection is available to you? I mean, think about this. You know, do you turn to family for protection if you're a child? You know, my kids, they look to me or or my wife when they want protection from something and we will do our level best. But I personally, as a parent of young children, can tell you there have been times I've assessed my ability to protect them and realized it's very limited. Two of them being almost twins or 10 and a half months apart. That's a story for another day. Amen. But I can't always protect them. I want to. I desire to. But I, I don't have that ability to be two places at once. Amen. Two of them having trouble swimming in different parts of the pool. Which one do you save? I could go on and on, but our protection is limited. Maybe you turn to family. Maybe you turn to friends. Maybe you turn to uh, the world or the media. Maybe you turn to a counselor. Maybe you turn to your intellect or learning. What level of protection is available to you from these outlets? It's all limited, amen? It's all limited. And that is is a truth that even the greatest army in the world, like our army, we are still limited to what we can do to protect our citizens, amen? We've seen that on our own soil in the past, amen? God is unlimited in his protection, and David is claiming here, he's telling the congregation, he's letting everyone know, he's praising God by saying, God is my protection. And, and here we understand that God has unlimited ability to protect you. Now you saying, Brother Clark, do you believe that God will provide protection for those that turn to him? I do. It's in the Bible that he'll put a hedge of protection around those that trust in him. Amen. That he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Amen. That he hears the prayers of the righteous. Amen. That he delivers the righteous out of the many afflictions that they encounter. God is our protection. It's all over the scriptures. Amen. So what level of protection is available to you where you're turning? Because if you're not turning to God, you're selling yourself short for power and protection. And then we see here, my heart trusted in him. My heart trusted in him. You know, the deepest part of me, deepest part of you trusts him. Amen. The heart speaks to the deepest part of who we are. It's not talking about our physical heart. It's talking about our deep emotions, our soul, our spirit. Amen. Let me give you an example work made me tired. I'll go to sleep. That's a surface emotion. Amen. You went to work. Maybe you're physically tired. Maybe you're emotionally tired. Amen. Uh, and you just go to sleep. You have a physical emotion and you address it with a physical response. My mom passed away. My heart hurts. Now, thank God my mom didn't pass away, but I'm giving you an example of a much deeper emotion that is not surface level. That is something that is in your heart, amen, the love you have for your mom, the the, the closeness you have to your mom, the desire you have for your mom to prosper and do well and be in heaven and all these things, amen. That is a deep emotion. And here we see David addressing the deeper things, saying, my heart trusted in him. And trusting, trusting is what? That's faith, right? What does it mean to have faith? It means to trust God at his word. Trusting with the deepest part of you takes commitment. I mean, how else could you get there? You know, we don't want to open up, do we? For for right reasons, a lot of times, you know, you've opened up in the past, maybe. You've trusted someone and they've let you down. You've gone to places and you've tried to uh, be trusting to people because you felt like that was part of the culture or the way people were acting. And you get hurt. Uh, you feel... Uh, sad. You feel betrayed. Whatever it may be, Jesus Himself was betrayed, and I've just finished preaching on uh, Judas betraying Jesus. And the Bible says that Jesus trusted Judas. Amen. Even though He knew His heart, He still offered that trust to Him. And so it takes commitment. You know, it, it's not easy. We want to be the captain of our own ship. We want to be. We want to lead our life. And if we keep that motto. We will always sell ourselves short because we will never truly turn to God for His power and protection as long as we are thinking we can do it on our own. And in order to turn to God, what do we have to do? What's that word you hear in church often? We have to surrender. And that is so hard to surrender. You know, it's almost uh, the hardest thing we can do as Christians, I think, more so even than enduring what taking up our cross and going through the trials and tribulations that come when you live for the Lord and you you forsake the sinful world as best you can. And you set yourself apart. That's difficult, but probably what's even harder than that is to say, okay, I'm going to have faith and trust a God I cannot see or touch. I'm going to trust that this God is real that his word is real, and I'm going to trust him so much that I am going to turn to him for my power. I'm going to turn to him for my protection. And let me say here, many people would intellectually agree with this. They would say, yeah, that makes sense. Trust God, have faith, right? Many people in the world will talk about trusting God. I see, again, I mentioned sports earlier. You see a lot of athletes that'll have profane Uh, things on their social media profiles. And they're talking about how their, their God's got their back and they trust God. And it's a total, um, you know, the Bible says by their fruits, you'll know them. And so you see this and say, that's not right. But that's our culture. Amen. Our culture has taught these young men and women that, that, Hey, you can just live like you want and just throw God in the mix and water down the gospel and not recognize sin for what it is. That's our culture today. And that's uh, sadly some, some of the modern church. And I won't you know, I won't go down that road here. And I know I haven't been to every modern church, but I've seen a few of the sermons online, amen, of some of these modern, there's some very good modern churches that are Bible believing, et cetera, et cetera. I understand that. But there's also many that are living and teaching this false doctrine of being yourself and being benefited by God without changing who you are. But here we see in the Psalm, David wasn't like that at all. David's saying, I trusted God. The deepest part of me trusts God for my power and for my protection. And it is is something that I've done. And then we see here the result. The result, I am helped. I am helped. When we serve a living God, He helps. Now, this is an understatement, but it's still a true statement. When we serve a living God, he helps. When we live for God, he helps. It's in his word. Amen. There's all types of examples of how God shows up for those that are living for him. And you say, well, Brother Clark, anyone that's saved is helped by God. Yes. But if you're saved and you're backslidden, you're living in the world, you got one foot in, one foot out, and you're lukewarm, the Bible doesn't speak kindly to that. You know, the Bible tells me that God hears the prayers of the righteous and that he's far from the wicked. So I know that if you are living as best you can, as Christ would have you to live, that God will hear your prayers and not just hear your prayers, but often answer your prayers and deliver you. Amen. And so I want you to think about this. We're not going to have time to get to the rest of the Psalm today. You'll have to tune in next time as we wrap up this study on this beautiful scripture here, Psalm 28, verse 7, the fruit of trusting the Lord but realize that when we make God our power and protection and we put our trust in Him in the deepest part of our heart and we live for Him, we are blessed and we are helped. Amen. And that is a fact. That is a Bible fact. Tune in next time. Thank you for listening. Take care. God bless and amen.